0: welcome to the global medical device podcast where today's brightest minds in the medical device industry go to get their most useful and actionable insider knowledge direct from some of the world's leading medical device experts and companies
1: you know a few years ago i discovered mindset and meditation and the importance of breath work and for the past few years, I and many of my colleagues at Greenlight Guru have been working with a mindset coach. His name's Kevin Bailey. He's with Dream Fuel. And I thought it was worth sharing some of the things that I've learned and, and that Kevin teaches with the medical device community. So I hope you enjoy this episode of the Global Medical Device Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Global Medical Device Podcast now with video. This is your host and founder, Screenlight Guru John Spear. Joining me today is a gentleman that I I think you'll figure out my fondness for him as we talk today and there's a lot of reasons for that. But joining me is Kevin Bailey. Kevin is the founder and well, we'll just stick with founder of Fuel. So Kevin, welcome. Thanks, John. Good to be here, man. All right. So, the reason that you, know, Kevin, and I talk every couple of weeks or so, and Kevin has been working with the Greenlight team now for a while. How long have you been working with us?
0: Uh, since two thousand sixteen. So, since you guys were uh, yeah, in early days. Thousands of percent growth before. <laughs> <laughs> So Kevin's
1: specialty, if you will, is he works with many people on our team on mindset, meditation and breathing and all these things that, well, I'll confess when, when Kevin first came in and we started doing this, some of these things, I'm like, that's a little woo-woo, isn't it? And And then you do it and you're like, oh my goodness, it makes a difference. So Kevin, how did you get into like mindset work and why in the world would you get into mindset work and and try to work with tech teams on meditation, breathing, things of that nature? What's the big deal?
0: Yeah. Uh, so I really got into mindset when I was a CEO of a high growth startup called Second uh, when I was in my 20s. And I was amazed at just the mental toll that that role took on me and, and how strong I had to be mentally. I didn't even understand what mental strength really was and resilience. I mean, I'd play some sports and stuff like that, but it was a whole nother level. And I was challenged a lot, and I ended up meeting a neuroscientist, Dr. Diane Powell, who started just giving me some tools and some tricks that I could use to work on mental models that helped me reframe the experiences I was going through and have a more positive attitude as I was leading people. And those people were kind of taking cues from me about how the business was doing and was I motivated on a given day or not. And it really kept me from burning out and it it also hurt me. And then I started a meditation practice at that point also that ended up going very deep. And, you know, people like the CEO of Greenlight David and you started asking me what I was doing and then started asking me, hey, is this something you'd consider teaching to my team? Uh, Specifically with you guys, it was your sales team. You guys were wanting to kind of boost camaraderie, boost the numbers on your sales team. And that was when the whole experiment started and that was back in
1: 2016. Yeah, and, you know, from then, until now, I mean, you've been working with a lot of our teams, some of our dev teams, some of our marketing teams, some of our customer success teams. And I can tell you, anyone who's worked with you in the program, it changed the world. Yeah, you know, it did the same for me. And that's part of why I wanted to bring you on to the Global Medical Device podcast because. I know there's a lot of folks listening, a lot of people out there, a lot of companies that are trying to do great things and we're trying to do great things at Greenlight. And I, I truly believe that working with you on uh, mindset, breathing, and just some different techniques that it made a big difference.
0: If nothing else, we felt better. When I try and get down to the basics of why mindset is such an important practice for success in a company. A lot of people don't realize this, but and it's been there's been a number of different studies that have kind of tried to get at this, but you, know, you could say a Approximately 95% of your thoughts are subconscious, and that means they're kind of automatic programs running on autopilot, kind of looping in your head, and you can hear them, you know, if you really pay attention. Certainly, if yeah. you meditate, you hear them all the time, but you're not consciously firing those thoughts off. They're, they're being actually fired at you like a heartbeat. If you look at an electroencephalogram, you'll see, you know, like it's just it's like a heartbeat. It's just thoughts constantly cycling. And other studies that have looked at, at those thoughts have, have found that, you know, somewhere around 70 to 80% of those thoughts are negative, disempowering, limiting beliefs. So your average person out there, 95% of their thoughts are on autopilot, unconscious, subconscious, right below sub, you know, a little sub perceptual thought. And the majority of those, which are actually controlling your behaviors and your actions and the way you treat people are negative, limiting, telling you, you know things like deserve this money doesn't grow on trees you know like firing things at you that as a high growth entrepreneur, you really don't want to hear coming from yourself. And those thoughts then permeate to kind of your nonverbals. You know, the vast majority of communication is non So you can say one thing, you can say you're excited, you believe in the company, you believe in your mission and stuff. But if you have those negative thoughts firing off in your head constantly, you're not going to, your nonverbals aren't going to match. And frankly, the way that I characterize it is it's most people that don't do mindset work. And that's pretty much at this point, most people who aren't professional athletes. So professional athletes do a lot of mindset work. Uh, yeah. Some top executives, but most people aren't. This is very early stage stuff right yeah. now. They're beating their head against a wall and the head, the wall that they're beating their head against is their subconscious mind. All the programs that were taught to them and they were chipped disempowering and they're trying to get through and past these limiting beliefs. And it is exhausting. So yeah. much energy is wasted on it. And my thing is like, why waste the energy? Just get those out of the way and clear the path. And it's so much easier as I think you've experienced in many of the executives and salespeople and stuff I work with.
1: Yeah, I mean the whole idea of what we're trying to do, and I would imagine many of those listening is it's about peak performance, and especially if you have a team, it's it's important for that team to have similar points of view or similar objectives and missions. Alignment is probably a good word. The mindset work that you've done with our teams improve our peak performance. I mean, numbers don't lie. And from the time I mean, we can look at, I don't have them memorized in this moment, but. We can look at our team's performance before and after working with you and DreamFuel, and there's a difference, measurable difference.
0: Thank you, man. I think you brought up a good point there, which is about consistency uh, across the team. The nice thing about the mindset work that, that we've been doing and that we do with all of our clients is that it's really grounded in neuroscience. You know, these fundamentals and principles of performance and more importantly, happiness are rooted in science. So when your team gets aligned around having a balanced mindset or whatever we may be working on at a given time to be higher performance and more happy, there's nothing mystical about it. I mean, it's just, these are the proven practices that, like I said, in most cases, professional athletes are using right now to perform at the very top of their game. Why yeah. wouldn't executives and teams use it? And when a whole team gets aligned around these principles, you take like gratitude, for example, in the various practices we do around gratitude. When a whole team gets aligned around those, everybody knows where they're trying trying to go with their mindset, and then they can use that. And it obviously parlays into making better decisions about how they handle leadership, a given objective they're working on, a sales call, whatever. These things are very rooted in science.
1: Yeah, and... Tapping into that, it's the untapped potential that I don't know where it isn't happening in the world today, but I know growing up in the United States, talking about mindset meditation, it's more common today, but let's just say in my formative years, we didn't talk about that. I mean, maybe I heard meditation and you think of some you know guy on top of the mountain you know, sitting <laughs>
0: Let's have this conversation. I've been thinking about it a lot lately. You know, we just got published in Inc. You know, you guys got published and you mentioned, you know, the the impact that Mindset had on on Greenlight's culture. And, you know, it started off, the author of the article kind of talked about how it's kind of strange and, you know, like you guys are looking for the people with the right (laughs) energy to join the company and stuff like that. And I think we're trying to kind of, Take these practices that have been utilized for eons mm-hmm. to help people be happier and perform better, wrap them with some neuroscience. So that people can accept and understand them, but there's still that stigma around what you just mentioned. It's like, oh, but there's still like people that you know like think meditation is for hippies or something, and they they (laughs) haven't read the the, you know hundreds of stories now in Harvard Business Review and other places talking about top executives meditating. So let's unpack that a little bit, man. Sure. Talk further about that because I think it's 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 stopping people who need this stuff from doing it, and I want to pierce that veil. I would like to to really uh, help people understand.
1: So I remember let's go I don't know 20 years ago something like that I read a book I think the book sometimes chooses me I don't think I choose the book but anyway in this case I don't remember the title or exactly the author but it was about meditation and mindset and these sorts of things and this is way before you and I ever met I read it it was kind of cool and I was like oh let's I want to try to meditate and so I sat there and my mind never shut off and I thought that I failed and I think a lot of other people have that same sort of experience when they go to meditate so what are your thoughts about reactions to that?
0: It's really funny it's a really deep topic and a good one I remember when I first started meditating you know this was a while ago maybe 15-20 years and my meditation coach was somebody who trained under Maharishi Mahesh Yogi who was the same guy who who trained the Beatles how to meditate and kind of actually brought the Beatles out of that whole psychedelic phase they kind of replaced that with meditation which is interesting in and of itself but I was a a very high stress, very like high energy CEO at that time. And I would meditate and I'd always talk to Rich like, what am I trying to do here? What's the goal? What What <laughs> am I trying to achieve here? And I want to be calmer. You know, I'm struggling. I need that calm pill or something, you know, Richard kind of look at me and, you know, he'd kind of say like, when's the last time you did something that you you didn't have an outcome that you were trying to go after when's the last time you just did something purely for the sake of doing it purely for the joy and, and he was a he was a former fighter pilot in vietnam and he had ptsd that he cured with meditation he would always tell me after every meditation that, you know i'd get done and i'd be like "No, rich i'm not feeling much calmer i had a bunch of thoughts i'm society and he just looked at me and be like, good. And then I, <laughs> I, would, I would get on to the meditation and be like, that was nice. I feel calmer. This is great. He'd be like, good. And he'd be like, there's no outcome you're going for in meditation. You purely do meditation yeah. to do meditation. And it took me a long time to understand why that was so important. I finally like started to kind of follow it. And I was like, cool. I, I had meditation a lot of thoughts and I didn't get much calmer. But I started to understand that I was actually cycling through thoughts. And it was kind of like I was closing tabs in a browser at the end of the meditation even though i had a lot of thoughts i felt more free i felt lighter and i started to realize you know you're basically taking these subconscious thoughts and as a neuroscientist i'd say you're depotentiating you know these really overly excited neural networks in your brain that have been spinning for eons you know why did billy steal my toy when i was 5 you know right. jerk and it's like why am i thinking about this and it's like because it's been spinning in the back of your mind for 20 running years.
1: it's been running the you whole time never,
0: yeah you just never acknowledged it and now that yeah. you acknowledged it, you can actually let it go. And I realize another thing too, which is there's two different primary neurotransmitters that you're working with, you know, that generally create a balanced mind. You have dopamine, the dopamine reward system, which is very future oriented. And if it's really never satisfied, it's, it's always goading us to do more, to do more, to do more. And then on the other side, you have serotonin. So dopamine is the, is the neurotransmitter of pleasure and serotonin in that, what they call the here and now uh, molecules Uh, like serotonin, those are the molecules of joy and happiness and presence. And at that point in my career, I was just running dopamine. Like I never did anything for the sake of just purely enjoying Mm. it. I was always just very future focused, maybe working out potentially was something I did for the joy of it. but like And meditation, one of the big points is helping us produce more serotonin receptors in our brain so that we actually can naturally feel more present and naturally enjoy our lives more. And in order for that to happen, you can't go into meditation wanting to achieve something (laughs) because then you're actually going after a dopamine hit for meditation and that's not the point. Children produce about 200% or have the capability of serotonin than adults. And the reason is because we get addicted to dopamine and those receptors for serotonin don't have much of purpose anymore. So meditation is the practice of doing something for the sake of doing it and then ultimately building a more serotonin-oriented body uh, that is more present, that finds more joy in the day-to-day, you know, mundane activities of life, and that ultimately as an executive can finish the giant marathon that is our career without you know boring out and you know flipping your career around and doing you know chasing butterflies shiny objects constantly so that's I know that was a little long-winded there but that's, <laughs> no, that's it's me- good that's meditation.
1: Yeah I dig it. Uh, folks I want to remind you I'm talking with Kevin Bailey. Kevin is the founder of Dream Fuel. He's been working with us at Greenlight for a while on mindset meditation, breathing, things of that nature. Kevin Tell us a little bit more about DreamFuel and where folks can learn more about your program and, and some of the the things that you do.
0: Yeah, so uh, DreamFuel, I'm a tech founder. I've I founded a few businesses in the past, and DreamFuel is really my passion project. It's the company that I'm most passionate about that I'm really like just, I just love it. What we do is we work with teams and individuals to kind of, <laughs> I think it's funny, it's one of, these, one of these situations where you can have your cake and eat it too. To increase happiness at the same time. So to increase, you know, whatever department I'm working with, you know, we're either increasing sales numbers, maybe we're increasing, you know, speed at which Dev turns around products or engineering teams, uh, the speed at which they work. And then also at the same time, helping teams enjoy themselves more, you know, have more fun. And that's that serotonin I was just talking about. So it is neuroscience based and mindfulness techniques to increase performance and increase happiness with teams and individuals. And I've had great success. Obviously, you guys are are, are a good example, but working with many, many companies right now, primarily tech companies, because that's kind of where my experience is. But yeah, just having an absolute blast.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And folks, you can find out more about DreamFuel. It's pretty easy. Go to Dream fuelcoaching.com, all one word, no spaces, some different videos, articles, uh, and, and things of that nature. And it's, it's just good stuff. While we're taking a break, want to remind folks, Greenlight Guru, we're here to help. We have the only medical device success platform on the market today. It's a tool and a solution and workflows that are designed specifically and exclusively for medical device companies by actual medical device professionals. And You know, we work with our customers to help them achieve all sorts of greatness from regulatory clearance so that they can get their product to the market to obtaining ISO certification and so on and so forth. I would encourage you to check it out if if you haven't already done so. www.greenlight.guru and, you know, if you like what you see and you'd like to learn more, we'd love to have a conversation with you and understand your requirements and your needs and see if we have products and solutions that can help you. So, Kevin, as we get back into the sort of the tail end of our conversation today. I often try to frame some of these conversations, you know, certainly where applicable, where we can give listeners pragmatic tips and pointers so we haven't really talked about breathing yet. I think there's a book by James Nestor. I think it's called Breathe or Breath or something. Have you read that one yet? I have not, but I've certainly heard about it. It was interesting to me because there's a lot of science to breathing. There's a ton of science. And I underappreciated it. Way you know, You're know, you teaching d- these different techniques. You're like, try the pranayama. Let's do the Wim Hof. Let's do the boxing. And I'm like, what is all this stuff? But I guess breathing, what is important about that?
0: And, and what can people do about it? Yeah, I'm glad we're talking about it. It's one of the most simple and fundamental ways to change the way you show up in any given situation. And the reason is, is that your breath controls your physiology and your physiology heavily influences how you feel, how you think, and what you do. So the physiology is kind of the base root layer of all of it. So it's kind of the alpha dominant thing. If you can control your physiology, it's not very hard to then, your thinking, control your behaviors. So this is a real simple thing to understand about breathing for your listeners. If you take longer exhales than inhales, it will calm you down. Mm. If you take longer inhales than exhales, it will hype you up. <laughs> <Like> it, it's, <laughs> it's super simple. So if you just take a, like if you're, right now, if you just breathe in and then breathe out a longer breath, take a nice, easy breath in. And folks, this is one of those things. You breathe out a longer breath.
1: This is patience a little bit. It takes a few cycles. You're not going to get instantaneous results after one breath. So take a few seconds.
0: Normally it takes, you know, I don't know, a couple minutes. But you'll find yourself being calming down tremendously if you just take longer exhales than inhales. And again, if you want to hype up, longer inhales than exhales. Yeah. Longer exhales and inhales, hype up, longer exhale or longer inhales and exhales. You can actually calm yourself down. I, I call it, so that's kind of like letting your foot off the accelerator in a car it'll, it'll just calm you down. You can actually put the brakes on. And all you got to do to put the brakes on in your physiology is do, they call it a physiological sigh. So you kind of take a deep breath. It's, kind of, it's like a double breath. You take a deep breath in. And then at the top, you take another quick breath and then you just sigh out. And if you just do that once, you can feel the impact. But if you do that three, four times in a row, I mean, it just gets deeper and deeper. So that's, from a neuroscience standpoint, the most studied, fastest way to calm down is just do some sighs. And it makes sense. You sigh when you have relief. And the, when you sigh, it tells your body that, it's, that whatever you were dealing with is over and you can have relief. So that's a quick one to remember. If you want to calm down, your heart's racing, do a sigh. Do two sighs. You'll, be, you'll calm down pretty quick.
1: The other one that I like is the box breathing. And you know, I think everyone thinks about, and if, if you thought about breathing, you think about, oh, inhale, exhale. But there's inhale, hold exhale hold as an option as well and then that's you know box breathing is i'm going to inhale for let's say a four count i'm going to hold for a four count i'm going to exhale for a four count and i'm going to hold for a four count and then repeat you know that those um, spaces in between the inhalation and exhalation in certain times and circumstances i found that that hold is really important too so what are your thoughts about box breathing when, when is that a good situation to use that
0: yeah. So that's actually box breathing is pretty, pretty cool. Box It's pretty well known at this point that the Navy SEALs use box breathing to stay calm, both when they're going into combat and even during combat. So it's because it's kind of easy and it keeps you focused. And the holds are, are interesting. I can tell you this, no matter what breathing exercise that you do, if you consistently breathe rhythmically and smoothly, those two variables, rhythmically so you're kind of timing the inhales, holds, and exhales and smoothly. It creates coherence between the systems in your body, the organs, biological oscillators they're all resonating at different frequencies they're all have different beats so like your heart has a beat your spleen has a beat your kidneys have a beat and when you breathe that's like the ultimate that's like the drummer if you breathe at a rhythmic smooth beat your heart then will beat rhythmically and smoothly you know you won't have those flutters and stuff and then your heart holds kind of is the biggest biological oscillator in your body has the most force power, more or less, and every other organ in your body will tune to the heart like a tuning fork, and then your whole body starts to become more kind of like a symphony, and everything kind of works together. And it's that feeling of your body feeling in coordination that actually makes you feel calm. So whenever you feel calm, it's because all of your organs are kind of functioning in this nice symphony. Your whole biology is kind of working in coordination. And when you feel disturbed, you feel uncomfortable, you freaked out, that's because all the organs in your body are not synced up. So your heartbeat, your brain waves, your kidney, your spleen, all of it's kind of out of whack. And that makes you feel uncomfortable. So just know your feelings are entirely based on your physiology and breathing rhythmically and smoothly, like box breathing, makes your whole physiology get coordinated. And when the physiology is coordinated, your body goes, oh, things are okay. He's calm. He's comfortable. Things are good. And then you have positive thoughts.
1: I mean, obviously, breathing is pretty important, but I wanted to talk a little bit about that because some of the first meditations, a lot of times uh, that people will try is a breath meditation, a mm-hmm. breath awareness type of thing. But, you know, it's a simple thing. I think even I, I heard this once. I, I don't remember what you type in. You, you might know this, but like if you go to the Internet and you, and you go to Google and you type in breath exercise or something, I, I think there's a little thing that pops up from Google that it's a, like a minute breathing exercise and you get, click on it and it'll take you through kind of a guided little breath exercise i guess to kind of as we wrap things up today i've got distracted by the little google thing that i remembered but as far as like breath work's important what is in your opinion the one or two single biggest things that a person can do in their everyday life to improve upon mindset and how they feel is there one thing is and i know everybody's looking for the silver bullet or, or the magic wand maybe it's not that but but what are some tips you can leave the audience with?
0: Yeah, uh, I'm going to leave them with a the simple one they probably already heard before, but maybe not executed very well. So you can think of your brain. You have these different neural networks. When I talked about the 70% of your brain that typically is wired with thoughts that are disempowering, I mean, you can think of that as a neural network in your brain. It's obviously a lot of different neural networks, but you could you could kind of classify it as the scarcity mindset, the fixed mindset, and then you have the growth mindset. You know the that's positive. You you think that's growth mindset, the abundance mindset. And what a lot of people don't understand with the brain is that it's basically like a muscle. You have to work it out. You may not, you're not building muscle fibers, obviously in your brain, but you are building neurons and it's neuroplasticity and neurogenesis. You know, like you're building new networks in your brain. And in order to build those networks, you have to work them out. And you have to actually get a little bit emotional. Emotion tends to create neuroplasticity. And we're not going to get into potentiation of neurons and how all that works but know that you got to kind of get emotional with these exercises you have to practice you can't say oh i'm going to go into a meeting feeling positive and just be positive like you have to build the neural networks of positivity in your brain and if you do it you'll build strong networks and maybe you you rebalance that equation you become more of a positive person than a negative person but it's just like going to the gym so i prescribe 15 minutes a day of mental fitness And if you want to do like, let's say like the basic fundamental get started on practice, it's gratitude journaling. Mm -hmm. Gratitude is the emotion of abundance, the emotion of growth. It is the emotion of receiving, you know, like you want to win, you want to receive good things in your life, be more grateful. So that practice itself, if you just do it for like, I don't know, even five, 10 minutes every day, it's like going to the gym and working the abundance, the growth mindset within your brain to hopefully turn it into a super highway that all the electrical impulses in your brain want to go down instead of going down the scarcity network. So you're strengthening, your, you know, you're building new neurons, you're, you're building more connections. And it's such a simple practice. I mean, literally just get a journal at the end of the day, just think about your day and you just write from your, you know, say from your heart, from your intuition, write about what you're grateful for, what happened. And then yeah. you can all go back in the past, think about things that happened a long time ago that you're grateful for. And, and you know, that you newer, know we don't have time to get all this, but you can go forward in the future. You can start writing gratitude for things that you plan to do or things that you expect to happen. You know, in our society, we are not a gratitude oriented society where, you know, we have Thanksgiving, but most of the time we're like, we're not good enough, you know, like, <laughs> eh. so if you just spend five to 10 minutes a day working out that gratitude network, you're going to run some serotonin. You're going to build the abundance neural networks in your brain. So hopefully over time, you start to become a more optimistic person.
1: Yeah. I can tell you, I don't do it daily all the time. I do it often. I should do it daily, but I forgive myself for not doing it uh, every single day as well. But the gratitude journaling is really key. I mean, just do it, you know, set a timer for a few minutes a day and don't worry about what you're writing down. I mean, you know, I'm thankful. I appreciate this seagull decoration that's on my table. I mean, that's okay if that's if you have a mental block. Just look around your room. I mean, you got something in there that you're you appreciate and you're grateful for. So don't overthink it. Gets, it.
0: Yeah, and, it, and like I said, it gets easier. In the beginning, it, yeah. it can almost feel inauthentic and not natural. Yeah, But that's because those networks are so atrophied, you know, like, but as you keep doing it, you start to build like strength. You're like, you know, I'm, you know, benching whatever, <laughs> 300 on <clears throat> gratitude, you know, like, well, start, yeah, it's
1: like anything that we do see more. Yeah. The first time you did something, I'm going to guess you weren't an expert and excelling at it. This is the same sort of thing. So I think remembering the breath work is important. Gratitude journaling is important. And I I think these exercises, if you start to do those on a consistent basis, naturally lead you to other things of interest, like maybe, you know, different types of meditation. But I'm going to tell you folks, a little secret, you do a little bit of breath work, some box breathing, or a shorter inhale than an exhale, or the opposite, and you do that for a few cycles. Hey, give yourself a hand. You just did some meditation. Gratitude, journaling. Hey, you just did some meditation. So don't worry about the label so much. Um, Mm -hmm. Just, you know, be appreciative for what we have. Be grateful for what we have. Final thoughts before we call this one a wrap today.
0: Yeah, I I think it's to reemphasize the point. It is mental fitness. If you want to be a higher performance person, enjoy your life more, you just have to set aside five, 10 minutes a day. (sighs) to do any of these techniques you know and there's plenty of resources out there to learn these yeah. I'm happy if you want your team to perform higher and be happier I'm happy to, to help guide you guys on that just go to dreamfuelcoaching.com but for you personally set 5-10 minutes a day do the workouts and I think you'll just be absolutely amazed it, it fundamentally changes the way you operate I mean so much emphasis uh, these days on
1: nutrition nutrition is important a lot of emphasis on exercise physical exercise also important but we forget about the mental exercise as Kevin said this also needs to get worked out it's, well, it's like yeah you get this
0: Right, you'll get the fitness right, yeah, you'll get the eating right. This yeah. controls everything, so you've got to get that right. But we got it you, backwards. You gotta get gotta this backwards. right first. Energy before action. Energy before action. Kevin, thank you so much. I wanted to share
1: you know some of what you've done for me personally with those who listen to the Global Medical Device Podcast. I think this was a sort of a great primer to get folks thinking about this topic. So thank you so much.
0: Oh, very welcome, John. Thank you so much.
1: Kevin Bailey, the founder of Dream Fuel. Check it out, Fuel Coaching lots of stuff there and you'll be able to find out how to get a hold of him but Kevin works with teams and can put together a program for you and your team to help with culture performance attitude all of those sorts of things that really are important for high growth individuals and high growth companies so check it out and again thank you so much for being loyal listeners of the global medical device podcast the number one podcast on the medical device industry and that's all thanks to you our marketing team shared with me the other day that we passed an amazing milestone recently we've had Had over half a million downloads. Uh, So, thank you all for listening and for sharing with your friends and colleagues. This is your host and founder at Greenlight Guru, John Spear, and you have been listening to the Global Medical Device Podcast.